What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Um, <laughs> man, we have had a, a lot of uh, crazy things happen in the in the hobby and in the sport over the last week, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> to recap, let's do a couple interesting things, maybe a high and a low. Uh, number one, uh, a high is probably going to be that SGC 9.5 uh, 1952 Topps Mantle. Uh, that hit the auction block at sports.ha.com, uh, which is uh, Heritage Auctions. And uh, it is currently sitting, I think, at about $6.5 million. With, I believe, maybe a couple weeks to go. I don't know. I think that's the case. Um, it has uh, been projected to bring anywhere between 10 and $20 million. Now, first of all, can you imagine even, like, fathoming that kind of money and just say, oh, it's probably going to go between 10 and 20 million. <laughs> that's insane to me, guys. Like, that's insane. Uh, it's a beautiful card and uh, it has uh, a pretty interesting story about it as well. And I, I'm kind of uh, <clears throat> going by memory here from a story I read, you know, 30 years ago when I was like 12 years old. It was in uh, uh, Mr. Mint's book. Uh, Mr. Mint being Alan Rosen, um, and uh, he was a big-time baseball card dealer, and he wrote a book about like uh, you know how to make money on cards. And uh, as a kid, I was absolutely hooked on that dang book, and it took me like I don't know, I I spent years, uh, not years, I spent uh, several times, uh, you know, basically just reading the book over and over again. And he was like kind of like a hero to me. And then, of course, unfortunately, in the past uh, 10 years, I heard that uh, you know, he probably, uh, I don't know how to say this, like he was, he was apparently a very abrasive person. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, so you kind of take that how you, how you like it, I don't know. Um, and I was kind of bummed to hear that about somebody that I looked up to. But uh, you know, I, I actually was able to finally converse with him just through email. Uh, for a little bit, a uh, number of years ago, and then shortly thereafter, he passed away. Um, so it's kind of sad, you know, but, uh, but anyway, so one of the stories in his book he talked about was uh, how he brought this brief, this briefcase of cash to, oh, I don't know, some, some guy on a farm or something, and he ended up, uh, uh, you know, hearing about this, like, incredible find of like 1952 tops cards and so he said okay well i'm just going to be ready for this i'm going to and keep in mind there's no email or anything like that i mean he probably had a phone call or heard about this from word of mouth uh no no email no texting no private messaging so no instant images no nothing like that no paypal or anything so he literally brings like a suitcase full of cash right and uh he says, I'm going to fly out there to this farm and see what he has. So this guy pulls out this, uh, I feel like it was like a, uh, some sort of dinnerware or something like that, where the 52 tops cards were in stacks. And some of them, uh, and all of these cards, by the way, guys, were like beautiful, beautiful condition. I actually kind of would like to read this book again. Um, probably a lot of it's irrelevant, but... Uh, it'll be some good stories and you know, fun memories. But anyways, uh, so of course, uh, uh, Mr. Mint goes, oh yeah, I'll take all of them. So he, 
he buys this this collection of like immaculate 1952 tops cards right and uh, so he actually said something along the lines of um you know he was going through uh over to uh to fly and he didn't have any money whatsoever um you know to go back on so he was really really uh in a bad way uh until he comes back home and he's like yep this is the real deal we've got incredible cards here and so that's kind of where one of those uh 52 tops cards was uh or the 52 tops mail that's actually uh on the gray or on the auction block is from in fact uh there's a paper that mr mint uh actually wrote that comes with it that basically says this is the finest example of this card uh that was in that entire find and so you know you look at it you can go to the website now sports.ha.com and you can see it is just it is beautiful it is a gorgeous looking card i think it was like displayed at the national this week and uh, i think you have uh, people that actually <laughs> i think they blew up a big picture of it where you can actually put your face in the hole uh, kind of like at those carnivals which is kind of a fun thing uh and they took pictures of you know you can have your face in the middle of this 1952 tops card which is fun and uh really like how they do that that kind of crazy stuff but in any event this card is going to be record-breaking um it's actually probably knocking at the door right now as the number one highest uh priced card uh or to sell ever like if it were to if that auction were to end right now it might literally uh be the the highest one ever and yet it's got a week or two left so it's gonna be exciting i think the record is like uh for the t206 wagon i think it was like uh 6.6 million that sold over the past year or so um which obviously is a massive deal um but not as big as this and also by the way there's like three now keep in mind that 52 tops mantle uh that's going for between 10 and 20 million dollars or whatever is stc 9.5 there are if i remember correctly three psa 10 52 tops males so there and i think somebody on tiktok or instagram or something like that was saying that uh you know hey look at the you know they have a, a picture of one of the psa 10s it's in the uh, diamondbacks collection and uh, they said here's a look at, at what a 30 million dollar card looks like and uh which is just craziness to me uh but that's uh that's how it goes i guess whenever it comes to uh to these high-end cards right and uh i think i'll i'll stick with uh with low end <laughs> with lower lower grade cards because you know that's uh that's craziness to me i couldn't imagine like the kind of money you've got to be making or have or whatever to you know not just afford that card but afford that card and live i mean <laughs> you know because you got to imagine that you're living very extravagantly um if you throw around 10 20 30 million dollars for a card but anyway uh so that's a, that's a high i think for the hobby um and uh oh and uh, coincidentally mile high card company and auction house has actually three cracker jack shoeless joe jacksons there for sale too um one's in 1914 and there's a couple 1915 so i'm watching that because i obviously have a 1915 and i love you know kind of seeing what my cards will do um 
but you know it's not we're not at like a high anymore in the hobby and so that's going to be interesting to see what happens um, because I have a feeling that a card like the uh, Shield Show Jackson uh, Cracker Jack I don't think it's really going to be affected too much by this down um, in the economy I guess we'll we'll find out I guess we'll see what, see what happens but um, anyway so and that will actually kind of segue us into what I would say probably the low is for a lot of people is uh, news broke yesterday I think uh, yesterday or two days ago that uh, Mike Trout has a back condition that he's likely uh, going to have to deal with for the rest of his career and uh, you know so this is obviously huge 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 news because when it comes to uh, players uh, that are active, you can't get any more uh, solid or sure as Mike Trout. He's proven. He's a clean player. He's uh, just a superstar, all-American kind of guy. Just uh, everybody loves him. There's not, I don't know anybody who doesn't like uh, Trout. Um, and here he is with people speculating that, you know, <laughs> His career might be over in a little bit. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, of Mickey Mantle, right? Because, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle, he uh, dealt with a lot of injuries um, at the end of his career. Uh, Sandy Koufax, also a legend, only played, I think, for 10, 11 years, something like that. Um, Hall of Famer through and through. Um, nobody second guesses that, but uh, you always wonder, what if he had 10 more years in him? You know, like, what kind of insane numbers would he have put up? Um, so, you know, it's it's sad. It's not going to be like, uh, even if Trout, you know, quit tomorrow or whatever, uh, had to retire tomorrow, you know, I'd say he's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I think a lot of people said, well, now he's, he's actually no more than Don Mattingly, who, you know, only played, you know, for I think probably 10 or 11 years too, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that. Uh I think he ended up quitting for or retiring for uh, injuries as well. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to check on that. But uh, and same thing with Bo Jackson. He didn't play that long. Um, so Mattingly, Bo Jackson, obviously neither of them are in the Hall of Fame. But uh, they're hugely collected still. So might we see a dip in trout cards? Yeah, because there's going to be some people that panic sell, I'd imagine. But long term, in the long run... I think I think uh, I think people are going to be fine, um, you know. And, and maybe uh, maybe we have seen the highest that uh, trout cars will go. But I still think ultimately, when everything shakes out, I think he's going to be a good guy uh, to collect still. And I think this probably also uh, kind of doubles down for people the fear of. The state of the hobby as it is, because um, remember, there's a lot of people out there that have entered into the hobby for the very first time or for the first time in decades, um, uh, you know, from right in the middle, middle of uh, COVID. And, uh, you know, so all they've been seeing is they've been riding this high. You know, it's kind of hard not to make money <laughs> over the past year or whatever on cards. Um, and now, you know, you know, remember, you've heard all the stories about, you know, people 
these huge lines at Target and Walmart and stuff and getting in fist fights because they're trying to get the, you know, buy the blasters and retail boxes and everything. And, uh, you know, it was a madhouse. I think Target stopped selling cards for a while because of this, you know, because they're like, man, this is insane. We can't do this. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so uh, there's a lot of that, but guess what? Not anymore. Um, that's not happening anymore. And across the board, there are people are saying, oh man, I can't believe this. They're just like cards that we're selling like hotcakes and they're not selling like hotcakes anymore. They're not selling much at all. Um, and certainly not for the prices that we had previously. And so, you know, listen, um, yeah, I, I want, I want you, those of you who have not been around in the hobby for much longer than a year or two to, to step back and listen on this though. Uh, this happens especially in economy because uh, in an economy like this remember everything the cost of everything is going up um, the value of the dollar is less you know that's just kind of how it goes in the situation that we're in you know we had a year or two of a bunch of people getting stimulus checks and uh, people that were uh, actually sitting at home with nothing else to do other than uh you know reliving kind of uh nostalgia right uh, <laughs> which meant for baseball cards for a lot of people and uh they said you know i'm going to go all in on this and a lot of people did so i think you guys like <laughs> let me let me try calm fears of people here the the hobby will go up and it will go down it's not gonna drop like a rock in fact, uh, we are, in spite of the, the uh, state of the economy that we're in right now, uh, I would venture to say that our hobby is way, way, way stronger than it was pre-COVID. And we've got a lot of people who, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that have come in to make a quick buck. But guess what? There's also a lot of people that have come in to just for the love of the hobby and uh, a lot of people that have been hooked after only wanting to make a quick buck they realize wow i'm passionate about this and there are people out there that are willing to uh, sell other things before they sell their cards um, in order to make ends meet and uh, i mean i would be in that camp if I had to sell some things, I'd probably say the cards go last, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, here, take my clothes, take my food. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's uh, it's something that I think we're in in good shape. We we are no no longer at the high that we were. OK, I understand that. I'm a realist, uh, but we are still in a good position. And guys, there's always for those of you that really are in it to make money, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to sound like I'm demonizing people that make money off of cards because, you know, listen, I'm one of them. I just happen to be deeply, deeply, deeply in love uh, with this hobby and all aspects of it. Most all aspects of it anyways. Um, so you start thinking about this. Um, if you want to make money in this hobby, you absolutely can still. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to lay out a little bit of a, a quick and easy path. Some of it's easy, some of it's not. Um... So you kind of, in this hobby, you kind of have to ride waves. There's nothing that necessarily skyrockets from nowhere 
I mean, you know, aside from COVID, you know, <laughs> and you never see things just drop like a rock, like all across the board. Uh, so, but there are waves. They, things go up and things go down, things go up and things go down. And you can see this in also different niches of the hobby as well. Vintage versus unopened stuff versus singles versus new cards versus, you know, everything in between. So the trick is uh, just to find people that are selling for, uh, and it sounds like so simple, right? <laughs> but, you know, you find something for, uh, uh, that people are selling for less uh, than the market is bearing and you buy those and then you can sell them for what the market is bearing. I know, like I said, it sounds simple, right? But a lot of people are just freaking out because they might have hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars in the hobby right now. They might go, what do I do? So let me give you an example of something that can happen. Um, <coughs> excuse me, guys. Um, I'm going to make, make a few assumptions here. First of all, I'm going to assume that you love this hobby, that you might be upset and a little bummed, a little down that maybe some of the cards that you have aren't worth uh, what they were and that maybe you won't be able to profit off of them. Okay, fine. That happens to everybody uh, at some point or another. And uh, so uh, let's say you are uh, $5,000 deep into uh, any player or any number of cards or whatever, right? So the question is, what do you do if, you've, if you're into these cards for $5,000, but now the market is only being $3,000? Two ways you can go. Number one, you can hold on and hope and pray that it comes back. Or number two, you could, well, three things, I guess. Number two, you could trade uh, for something that you think uh, you could put more hope in, like vintage or whatever, for instance. Uh, Mantle will not be able to strike out again. Uh, Babe Ruth will uh, never... Uh, have to have Tommy John surgery or anything like that, you know, <laughs> because these guys are retired and, you know, well, they're gone. They're not with us anymore. Uh, the other thing you could do is you could sell at a loss. Uh, so you put $5,000 in these cards, you sell them for $3,000, so you're a $2,000 loss. You take that $3,000 and you research the heck out of what you love in these cards, right? And you find somebody, after you arm yourself with knowledge, I know I've been preaching this for a long time, you arm yourself with knowledge of what sells for what, and you find what sells uh, for cheaper, what you can find for cheaper than the market value. You're going to have people that sell, that they, they might be panic selling, lots or singles or whatever. Uh, they might need money, they might just want to do something different with the you know, with their hobby money or whatever. Um, a lot of people out there that just don't like selling. Um, I understand that. Uh, I like it. I think it's fun. Um, but it's also fun to trade and everything. So what that means is you no longer have cards that you lost $2,000 on. You now have uh, money that, and you have spending power, not as much as you did previously, but you, you have spending power to make that back up later. Uh, you might be able to take that $3,000 and with enough research, with enough uh, 
uh, time to put into looking for these things, that $5,000 that you only get $3,000 out of, you might be able to uh, get $6,000 in. So I don't want you to think in any way, shape or form, game over, uh, you lose if you have cards that aren't worth as much anymore. That's just not the case. Um, it's not game over. It's all depending upon how much time, how much research you want to put into uh, certain things. Um, and uh, really, if you want to put the effort in to, to go through all this, you know, quote unquote trouble of trying to find a better deal. Uh, there are deals out there all over the place, guys. I promise you, like on eBay right now, there's probably tons of cards that are that are for sale right now that you can literally hit the buy it now button or wait until the auction's over tonight within the next hour. And if you know what to look for, I can guarantee you guys uh, that there is that there are deals to be had. Um, I will give you an example, uh, a couple examples. So first of all, uh, you know you know about this Gary Carter collection uh, that I've. Uh, been talking about that that purchased uh, and I've had some people like I said in the past that said oh this is a, you know not a good deal this is terrible uh, well come to find out I'm actually gonna be doing pretty well on it and uh, it's exciting it's obviously really good news um, <laughs> that you're able to you know put a significant amount of money in something and uh, because of your research and the time that you spend to list and all that sort of thing and know how to list and where to list and what to list and for how much. Um, it's, it's fun to be able to know that there is profit there because of your research and because of your effort and because of your time. And uh, that's always a great thing. Guys, like it is just an absolute blast to be able to do that. Um, so uh, I guess the... Uh, <laughs> You know, the fun thing about this is, is it's not just uh, limited to baseball cards. It's replicable in virtually any hobby. And I'm going to give you another example of, uh, of this here with those little uh, plastic flesh guys that I keep talking about every now and then. They're actual muscle figures from the mid-1980s. Um, there is a, you know, I'll give you an example here. Uh, there is a purple claw, and I've brought this up before also in the past, that's, uh, that's considered to be a grail card. It's a big deal of a card. Uh, I actually just sold one uh, for $1,300. Um, really, really, really big deal. Um, people don't know this. <laughs> Even a lot of people in the, you know, in the, hobby don't know uh, that that's the value of it and I just recently found one for a couple hundred bucks uh, which is uh, you know crazy but uh, again that's because I did my research and I found out what the value was of these things uh, and so there's good money to be made in, in literally any and every hobby um, uh, as long as you put the research in and uh, you know, I was actually talking to uh, my son Atticus about this. He loves Lego sets. And I told him, I said, you know, you can make money off of this. You can make good money 
off of buying and selling Lego sets. It's just all about researching, 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 and taking the time to look for deals. And those are the main things that you're looking for, right? Like, if you know how much something sells for, and you keep your eyes for open on things that sell, then it's fairly easy to make money off of that. And so for me, it's kind of fun to be able to replicate what I've learned in the hobby and baseball cards with uh, you know this other little side hobby um, in uh, uh, in muscle figures. Uh, same thing can be said for uh, Transformers and comic books and Voltron and you know all these other things that I'm into. But uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like when it comes to Transformers, I also know the other side of things, and I think this is probably hopefully going to be helpful for people out there as well that it's very easy to especially if you're very uh passion driven on this uh if uh, for you to not research and just pay uh whatever the going rate is for whatever uh you know for whatever there is out there um and so that's kind of one of my downfalls when it comes to transformers it's easy for me to find something I like and just buy it and you know not really research the pricing all that much you know I do a little bit but um I have a much more uh I'm very much more collector centric uh on Transformers than uh you know other things so you know but I guarantee you there's money to be made there too and let me tell you also let me just say make sure and make sure I'm crystal clear on this there's money to be made in the hobby of baseball cards, regardless of where the economy is, regardless of where the hobby is. Um, you have to ride the waves, obviously, but um, and be okay with uh, taking a loss sometimes. Um, but you can absolutely turn it around. You can absolutely make money if uh, you're riding a COVID high or uh, a recession low. Um, there's always going to be a boatload of collectors out there that are willing to sell and sell for cheaper than they normally sell for. So anyways, I don't know, I hope that's like some encouragement for some of you guys out there. Um, even again, it's not just about selling. It's just there's something intrinsically hard to swallow uh, when you have a, uh, a card that you bought, it's gonna be like a forever card or a card that you don't have any intention of selling um, is going down in price. You know, uh, that's kind of, uh, it's hard to see that. It's not fun, even if you're not planning on selling. So uh, I hope that you can, uh, you know, gain a fresh set of eyes um, and a new perspective uh, in that respect as well. Because, uh, yeah, like I said, everything's going to be okay. You'll always be able to do well in this hobby. You just have to uh, research and know what things sell for and, uh, you know, take the time to look. And remember, uh, if we're going down now, we can easily uh, go up as a hobby together tomorrow. That's just how it is. So anyways, uh, thank you guys as always for listening. I hope you all have a great day.